Welcome to the Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney, I'm joined with Trevor, and thank you so much for being here with us this week as we talk about uh, a commonplace thing, cell phones. So if you ever shake your head every month when you get your crazy expensive phone bill or wonder how you can spend less on your phone in general, don't worry, we promise it doesn't have to be this way and we have a solution. Yeah, you know, cell phones can be a, an outrageous expense for people. I, I know people that, that spend astronomical amounts of money on phones and phone services. And th- they do that because either they think that's the only way or, or they just they, they don't put out the effort to search for a better solution. So that's really why we decided to create this episode today is to bring your listeners kind of a, a maybe an alternative um, point of reference that you maybe have never explored before. So, Trevor, I, I think uh, in to any of our listeners who have been here for a while, I, you'll know by now that Trevor is a little bit of a tech junkie, and the the inspiration of this episode definitely came from, well, uh, we were talking a few weeks ago how, uh, Trevor, you were excited for the launch of the iPhone 8. Yeah, I thought this is a good time to do this episode with the new iPhone coming out and people being uh, having a, a whole lot of temptation in front of them. And it's also the I, iPhone 10 is out there as well. So it... And is it really? The, it it is. Oh wow! <clears throat> this is the tenth anniversary of the iPhone. So, but if you watch the keynote speech, it, it I, I can't. These the marketing is is phenomenal. They convince you the phone they're currently holding is literally a piece of junk, and the phone they're trying to sell you is the greatest iPhone ever. And it it that's it, true. It is probably the greatest iPhone ever. But the the problem is. A lot of people, it, it becomes a, a status symbol, right? So it's, and we'll talk about that later in the show, but a lot of times that's why people are buying the latest phone is for the status. And first off, let's not forget that every iPhone ever launched is always the greatest phone ever. So, I mean, I, the, whether the phone you're holding when you, when you get a new phone later on, that phone will then be the greatest phone ever. But what are they going to say? You know, this this iPhone's not that great. <laughs> but buy it anyway. Um, yeah, no, it's it's so true. And 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 Trevor, let's not forget about the absorbent price tag that is on that iPhone. I mean, what what what's it? What's the cost of it? Well, in Canadian dollars, I think the the highest end one. So the iPhone 10 with the most amount of memory, I think it, it comes in around just under $1,500. That's ridiculous. I mean, just a, a ridiculous amount of money on, on a phone. When I mean, you could buy a like a, a Mac for that price. Yeah, but the difference is the phone's with you all the time. It's in your pocket. So the, the frequency at which you, you would use the phone is probably greater than the frequency you use your Mac, unless you're using it for your job. No, that that is true. And it... it I, we promise this is not an episode about uh, iPhones, and we're we're not we're not sponsored by Apple either. But is this the most expensive iPhone they've launched yet? I just I just feel like our kind of you know that our threshold we talk about that our threshold is kind of going up for what we see as normal. Yeah, it's death by a thousand cuts. If if they would have introduced the iPhone ten years ago at you know inflation adjusted fifteen hundred dollars, people would have just shook their heads and walked away. But they've they've eaten away at us a little bit at a time, and you know they, they've they've never held the price constant from one one release to the next. So it's it's death by a thousand cuts for sure. So well, so that that again is like the little bit of the inspiration for this show and kind of why we thought this would be a perfect time to talk about cell phones and, and all cell phones in general. We're not going to be iPhone specific. Um, Trevor and I just happen to be Mac and Apple fans and, and iPhone fans, but I mean this this episode applies to everyone across the board. Well, the iPhone is is far and away the most popular phone I'm aware of in, ter- in terms of people I know that have uh, cell phones. They, I would say one in ten don't have an iPhone of the people I know. And and like in saying that, they're probably I mean I haven't really looked at the prices of other other types of phones, but I mean uh, fifteen hundred dollars that's 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 quite a bit. Yeah, it's 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 definitely out of my price range. I'm I, I'm going to share my f- cell phone buying philosophy later in this episode, but I, I, that's that's I'm never entertaining that that price point. So let's let's talk about leading this episode, talking about a little bit of the evolution of the phone because I mean it's come a long way, and I'm sure even you remember as a kid 
kind of what the phone served a purpose as and, and where you could find that phone and, and, and just uh, just something along that line. Well, if, if you go back far enough, I think that the, the original cell phone was probably a military tool, you know, used in the military for communication. That might, that might have been the earliest uh, sign of a cell phone ever existing. I remember working for a company in the 80s, uh, the, the late 80s, and I remember when uh, our, our salespeople, the, uh, you know, out in the field salespeople, they all got car f- ins- uh, phones installed in their cars, and that's where the, the term car phone came from. And it literally, the handset looked like an old-fashioned handset you'd hold up to your ear in your mouth. And I remember looking at it. had the antennas on the back window. And I remember looking at the unit that, that was installed. They put it in their trunk. And it literally was, it was square, but it took up the same space as a full-size tire, I would say. It dramatically reduced the, the trunk size. So there, there was this massive container full of cell phone technology and that was the first, my first introduction to a cell phone. I remember when the guy, the sales guy pulled in the parking lot, everyone come out and he, he called the receptionist in the office and, and he passed the phone around to everybody and we all said hi to the person in the office. And it was just this, this euphoria moment where we're all just awestruck by this. We're, we're sitting in a car talking on a phone. It was, it was mind blowing. And, and then, then I guess it evolved into, um, uh, I guess I, I seen people who had these cases. It looked like a suitcase, but inside the suitcase was, you know, uh, all the cell phone technology and then, and then the handset again. And so people, it, it became portable. It wasn't just attached to your car. And, and then it became this massive, massive handset where it was, you know, it wasn't a case. It was it was the handset and the and the cell phone technology all in one hand, one thing you hold in your hand. But it was it was huge and heavy, and I still wouldn't call it portable. So that that's sort of the early evolution of the cell phone. When did you personally get your first cell phone? So when I got my first phone, so again, they're just they were just for talking on. Actually, if you if you want to go back further, there, before the cell phone was the thing called the beeper, and I don't know if anybody's familiar with the beeper. It was a thing you held on your you clipped on your belt, and it would uh, if someone wanted to get hold of you, it would beep. And oh, then like like you, a pager. Yeah, pager, and we used to call it beepers, but you're at a pager, <laughs> and then you you drive to a, a payphone, and call, and you say, "What do you want?" <laughs> and that that's how it worked. I mean, that was the that was the first evolution of the cell phone. But if we keep going, my first cell phone was a, a fairly large, I would say, probably I don't know, six or seven inches tall, and it probably weighed I don't know maybe three pounds. And it was just, again, these things didn't text or anything. All you did was talk into it. And it it probably had a battery life of, if you didn't use it, you just had it on, it would probably last a day. And if you talked on it, I mean, it, it probably only lasted a couple of hours. So that was my first cell phone. And that probably would have been the, the mid-90s. And I, we got it primarily for, you know, again, I we got it before we needed it. So it was a waste of money. But... We got it for when we're traveling. And I remember the phone came with uh, roadside assistance. And the, the carrier we used was called ClearNet, which later became TELUS. So I don't know if there's any listeners that ever heard of ClearNet, but that company evolved into TELUS. And and then um, my first iPhone was the iPhone 4. So that was my first uh, journey into smart the world of smartphones. So that that's kind of my, uh, that's my, uh, evolution of cell phones and first off your first cell phone sounded like a, a brick in a, in a workout to carry around i mean it's ice three pounds isn't a lot but that's uh that's heavy in terms of cell phone weight well I remember when i first got it i was i you know i would just pray that thing would ring and i could whip out the cell phone act real important and, and talk on this thing right and i i never received that many calls so it, it never the opportunity rarely arose but I remember when that phone was getting kind of outdated, I was in Blockbuster Video, so I'll give you an idea of how long ago that is, uh, looking for a movie, and my phone rang, and I hated pulling this thing out at that point because it was just massive, right? And you hold that thing up to the side of your head, and people would look at you like, what is that? It was, it was that outdated. And I remember it rang and rang, and I was not pulling that thing out in Blockbuster. And I, and I ended up... Uh, 
it, it it stopped ringing and then it rang again and again so i ended up going outside and answering it because this thing was and when whenever the person talked in it something about the speaker is everybody around you could hear what the person was saying that was talking to you so it was not only was it odd looking it was it was extremely loud and it was very outdated technology so anyway that, that's my story about that phone wow this uh your all your examples there definitely uh definitely dating a little bit there trevor <laughs> yeah definitely so, so, so I, let me, let me go back to that. So you you jumped from that brick to an iPhone. Was there, there's nothing in between? Actually there was no the thing it. so from that great big brick, we went to these smaller cell phones, which were a little more modern and they had uh, a little keyboard. So it was, te- you were able to text and it, be, it was a, I think it was called a, a Kibo. I can't remember what it was called, but you could text on it. And then from there we went to smartphones. So you're right. I forgot about that intermediate phone. Because yeah, that, that's I see. I started out with uh, one of like I guess uh, the QWERTY keyboard was really cool and hit back then. So yeah, that's what I started out with. So wow. So it, having the uh, I find that amazing because I've always kind of grown up. I mean, any of our listeners who are just listening, I'm only in my in my twenties. So I I I always had a self in my in my life when I was growing up and. What was it like for you, Trevor, to just for you and your wife to just have kind of have a, this technology? You were at the cutting edge of the technology. Well, you know, just the concept of searching for a self—I mean, a, a payphone. I remember always, you know, searching for payphones. You know, if you had to make a call or, or you're trying to find directions or you want to get hold of somebody or you're running late, and that that was a, an art in itself. Because what 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 used to happen sometimes is I'd. If it was if it was in a kind of downtown in a city, I'd drop my wife off if we saw a cell phone. I mean a payphone. <laughs> I would drop my wife off. She'd jump out of the car. She'd go to use the phone, and I continue to drive around the block because there's nowhere to park. You're in a downtown of a city, and <laughs> I'd come around, and my wife would be on the phone. She'd wave at me, so I I'd do another loop around the block, always searching for a parking spot, but never finding one. And then uh, I'd drive by. She'd wave again. And it, <laughs> I, I think of the, the time I spent uh, doing senseless things like that because of technology. I mean, that was insane. I mean, it, the concept of getting lost or, you know, not telling somebody, like like the idea of showing up late to a party or, or a dinner or something, that was acceptable back then because, you know, if you didn't know where you're going, like now if you don't text somebody, say I'm running late, like it's it's you know, the, the etiquette has changed, you know, being late for something and not telling, you know, giving anyone a heads up is just unacceptable in today. But back then being late and those people just wondering, you know, what's going on, that was okay. You know, people would accept that because of technology. And we'll get onto this, but onto this later in the episode, but it's, again, it it goes back to the concept of kind of being on call constantly and and attached to your phone. So, uh, that that was an incredible evolution of the phone and it, it kind of shows how it has evolved from not like I mean we call it a phone we do call it a phone still but I mean that's what the first cell phone that you had really was it was a phone and now it's it has evolved into so much more well you know what I think it's called the phone because it, it replaced something that was a phone right so it we replaced the thing you talked into and then it be, and then it became the thing we talked into and then we texted with and then it became the thing that we talked into texted with and browsed the internet with so if we would have went from calling the 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 it from a phone to a texter if we would have changed that name then and that then maybe we would be calling it something different today but we just kept calling it a phone all along so i think the phone is a real misleading description of that device and when people say, oh, $1,500 for a phone, that's insane. How many people, when was the last time you talked into your phone? I mean, you might do it once a week. So it, it's it's rarely a phone. It's it's almost always a computer. Definitely. And we're going to get into that. I, I want to bring up a really important question because we all know the capabilities and functionalities of phones. We'll get into the functionalities of phones in a bit as well. But in your opinion, if you had to think of a phone, is it a luxury or a necessity? Oh, I think our society, the expectation in our society today is that you have a smartphone. And it's it's getting more and more difficult to get by today without one. And I, it, it's almost like 
if you don't have a, 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 a smartphone, you're at a, a, a significant disadvantage in, in society today. I'm not saying you can't get by without one, but it it really limits. And the example I gave you, if, you, if you're meeting somebody and you, you're running late and you don't tell them, you know, and you don't text them that, hey, I'm running late, uh, or you say, I couldn't find it, like, why didn't you open the Maps app on your phone? You know what I mean? It's, it, it, you almost have to explain, you know, that, you know, you, you didn't meet the societal norm because I don't have a smartphone. You almost need to, the onus is on you to explain why you're not functioning like everybody else. So it is truly a necessity, I, I think, without question. And because we are a podcast that really dedicates our time to talking about maybe live like living an alternative lifestyle that doesn't follow the societal expectations, societal norms. I I think this, this episode is important because to your point, like it is necessary, but we're going to talk about how you can make it necessary, but in a very economical and, and more productive way. Well, yeah. And you can get by without a cell phone. I, I, that might, I, that might've been a little strong, you could function without a cell phone in society today, but it's going to be challenging, you know, in certain aspects. So it's it's not undoable. I mean, I I think I may have gone a little too far in that, but I think generally speaking, I don't I don't know anybody that doesn't have a cell phone. Do you? Like, no, I don't. And I I actually know a few people who still have kind of the clamshell flip phone. And I really actually admire those individuals because they they have a phone for the purpose of having a phone, which is incredible. But they haven't, I don't know, I admire that they haven't succumbed to kind of getting on the bandwagon of what everyone else is on. I mean, because that they obviously are proving that cell phones do not add value to their life and they are completely listening to that. Yeah, I, I do know a few people that have those phones, but I, I, I know two, actually, that, that come to mind as you were saying that, that have the, the clamshell sort of the, you can really only talk and text on it. But here, here's an example. Here's an extreme example of a societal expectation. Imagine yourself coming upon an accident scene. You're the first person to arrive on the scene. And somebody involved in the accident says, call 911. You know, and if you said, I don't have a phone, like, the person would say, call 911. They they already have the assumption that you have a cell phone and you can call 911. I mean, I, I'm not saying that's a reason to get a phone, but, you know, when someone says, call 911 and you're in the middle of nowhere, they're assuming you have a phone, right? It's... I, I we're gonna get into this later too, but I, I to flip that on its head. I for the longest time I had a phone plan that did not have calling, or it had calling sometimes that was just early nights and weekends. And so I I was one of those people you were talking about. Yeah, I had this phone in my pocket, but for a time like that, it would have been a brick unless I went in and added money to my account, or if I had data at that point, I'd have to go I go into the app and add data or add call, sorry call, minutes to my account. And not exactly emergency <laughs> devices, or is it? <laughs> no, no. This is going to take a few minutes. <laughs> hang tight, hang tight. Um, so let's uh, let's get down to talking about the functionality of a phone, because again, what like we just said, it is far more than a phone, or not even a phone. Sometimes, if you're me, but so the first thing, and, and we mentioned earlier, is that a phone a phone's really a status symbol. It is, and it's because we carry it with us all the time. You know, I had read an article that the iPad sales, so iPhone, iPad, so iPad sales were going down. So they actually, they developed a lower cost iPad hoping to, you know, reach another market. And so now you can get a an iPad for, I think it's $450, which is down from the previous version. So they've actually made it cheaper. So they're trying to reach a market or tap into a market that currently it's out of their price range. But the iPhone, it the sales go up every single year. And part of it is it, an iPad you never carry with you out in public or you rarely do. So it, it's hard to say, hey, look, at I have the latest iPad. It, it, you're, not that I do that, but people w- would, would rarely have the opportunity to just show they have the latest iPad to society. But the phone is something that's always being carried with you. And, you know, you can quickly tell if you have an eye for phones, like I, I can spot a, 
an iPhone 8 from <laughs> from 100 yards because <laughs> I'm so uh, caught up in, in technology, but not everybody can. My wife couldn't. But <laughs> I'm just picturing you and your wife out and about. <laughs> but I... Uh, so it's definitely a status symbol. People have the latest phone and they want you to know they have the latest phone. And you can also demonstrate you have the latest phone by by showing off some of the features. So the late, the iPhone 10, I haven't seen one use it yet, but it has that facial recognition. So you would just hold it up to your face and it would turn on. So you know people would know you're not hitting a button to turn it on. So again, it's, it's a status symbol. And in the same way that people are willing to spend lots of money on cars and watches and, and clothing and, and anything else that they or even in ho- homes, too, if that's something as well. But in the same way that it seems like in some individuals who value those kind of status symbols, there is no price limit on how much they will invest into their into ensuring their status look is a certain way. Oh, and I, I know people that. The the latest iPhone they they they're literally going and getting in line to get that latest iPhone, you know they're they're not waiting, and, and it's it's obviously they're for to someone to get wait in line for hours to get the latest iPhone it's it's not like they, they that's a need they're satisfying I mean nobody needs a phone that bad the chances of their old phone you know completely not working uh, that you know just before the new one com- gets released is highly unlikely so they're they want the latest phone to be right at the top of that status. And, I mean, the, uh, marketing principles, but you do have those those individuals. I think they're called the innovators who t- who Apple specifically yeah. designs that product for that person. So they'll take they'll, they'll use it and then kind of move that down the, the chain. So yeah, it, it is super expensive to be at the, the cutting edge, the front edge of technology. You know, early adopters, I think they're called. That is the the most expensive way to acquire technology. But in the, in the same way, I mean, having having the latest uh, phone, th- there's no difference to having an expensive watch or an expensive car. I feel I feel like I mean, a car is a little more expensive. So maybe a phone's a can't you can kind of it's a little bit better because it is less expensive. But I, I I think it all I think so when you, when you're looking at it from a status symbol specifically a status symbol I think phone watch car like i think it's all so interchangeable at that point i mean if you have a vice like a fetish and, and it, it's you know you 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 succumb to you know caving into your fetish on on, on a regular interval it, it's better to be a phone than a car you know you could have worse uh um spending fetishes than a phone because they generally they come out once a year and they're you know this one's fifteen hundred dollars i mean if that's your Again, I'm not uh, uh, condoning this, but if that is your fetish, it's, it you could have a lot worse spending fetishes than that. Oh, definitely. So next point, and you brought this up back in with your example of the evolution of the phone, how the sales uh, the sales team at your your job had had work phones. So let, I really want to talk about that because now more than ever. Phones are used as a work tool, um, and and a lot of the times provided by the employer. Yeah, and it, it's you know it used to be, or some people still look at it as if you have a, a work phone that says you you are important at work. You know you have a level of importance, and and it probably it it, it probably it's probably true at at some level that that you have a phone that you can be contacted at any time. So. Even at work, it's a status symbol to have a, a work phone because it says, hey, look at me, I'm important. I need to be available or this company needs to contact me at, at any moment in time. And I'm not saying that's not true. It, it, that there is, you know, the people that I, I know that have company phones, they, they do take calls at all hours of the day and I don't envy that. But And they are important. So it, it is a status symbol. But I personally, I don't, I, I, I need that separation because if you have that phone, the, the work day never stops. It, it goes on for, and if people say, you know, I get, I get home and I, I, I just put that phone away. I never look at it, but it's, it's with you. It's there. It's, you know, if there's something really important going on at work, you, you're going to check your phone. It, it's just going to happen. But if you don't have a company phone, when you leave work, you literally leave it behind. I mean, you still may be thinking about some things you you're working on, but that 
you know, all you can do is think about it, that the work and the communication has, has come to an end. So it's, uh, and I know a lot of people I work with who they've given their personal cell phone number to their employer, like their boss or coworkers, and they get texts and, and phone calls on their personal phones for uh, work, work-related reasons. I've never crossed that. Like I've not shared my cell phone number with my employer and, and I don't plan to. So it's, but I do actually occasionally check my email on my personal phone. So I, I'm a, a, a kind of victim of that. Cause if there's something urgent going on, I want to know, you know, how it's going. I, I do check my email and I've actually sent emails from my phone, work related ones. So I, I do it on a very small level. It's, it's, it's just amazing hearing that how almost blended and interconnected all parts of our life are becoming because I mean, some individuals even carry two phones or, or, or just that work phone or just the personal phone. But again, the phone has made you more accessible, more on call. It is more available to your employer. And it kind of, we, there's that stress and work-life balance. But when, when everything kind of blends together, it's, it's hard to kind of find that line. Well, you know, you're funny you say that multiple phones. I, so I remember when, uh, you know, people would get a phone, a work phone, and, and that's the only phone they would have. But now... Almost everybody I know that has a work phone has a personal phone as well, and I see them, you know, both sitting on their desk, or they'll they'll carry them both with them to a meeting. And I I've asked them, you know, why why don't you just use the one phone? Why do you use the two? And this one lady said something very interesting. She says, when I pick up my work phone, I I, I type with a work mentality, you know, very business like. And then when she picks up her personal phone, it's got a different home screen. And it's a different phone altogether. And she just mentally transitions into, you know, typing a personal message. So for her, it's almost like she stepped into another room when she uses the two different phones. Wow. I've, that's, no, that's, that's, uh, that's, I think you could apply that to anything, even like having a work computer and a, and a personal computer. I really love that mentality. Yeah. And if, if that, I mean, once she explained that to me, I thought, wow, everyone should have two phones. I mean, that's, you know, that that's brilliant. And she made sure her personal phone, so her work phone was an, I think it's an iPhone. I don't know. Is it? I, I, wait, wait, I think, you can't tell? Yeah, it's an I, It's one of those colored ones, you know, so it's the iPhone 5C. See, I do know. <laughs> and it has, it's a white colored one. So, and her personal phone is a Samsung. So, I mean, they, they look dramatically different. So she's never going to confuse the two. I want to I want to move on now to talking about we I mean your phone is essentially this small little powerful computer and and almost more powerful than an actual computer because you can have it in your pocket with you and and with you at all times and and, and it serves essentially the same functions I mean all the things that you can do on a computer you can essentially do on a phone so where do you think the necessity or, or the replacement that the 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 phone is for the computer? Do you think you need both? Where where how do you feel about that? Well, you know, Steve Jobs made this analogy with uh, when when he launched the uh, iPad. So he said, if you think of computers like vehicles, some people need trucks, you know, to do jobs, you know, to earn a living with it. And they they, they maybe they're they're contractors. And most people get by with cars. So in his mind, the iPad was going to be the car and a computer would be like a truck. So he was, you know, the the iPad or the tablet was for, and so I say tablet because it's very similar to a phone, was for content consumption. And then the computer, be it a laptop or a desktop, was for content creation. So if you're a creator, you, you know, you might you might be more likely need a computer, a, a tablet or a phone's not going to do it. But most of the people today are consumers of, of content, not creators. So I, I would say the, the average person could get by without a desktop or laptop computer. Recently, me and my wife, we, we use Quicken for our personal finances since the beginning of time. Uh, actually, since we got our first computer, I, I think we had Quicken on it. And, um, our the computer my wife uses is getting old and and where we were debating whether we should get a new one just and it was going to be just for our personal finances and then she she decided to uh, look at smartphone apps to see what she'd come up with and 
once she found some smartphones, she says, now I'm going to compare these to some of the desk, you know, desktop computing or laptop computer programs and see, you know, which one I like better. And surprisingly, there was a very limited choice of personal finance programs for a computer. There was just a a plethora of ones available for a smartphone or tablet. So I I think you're just going to find less and less sort of user-based programs, you know, your generic user for a computer, I mean, all the the effort is being put into mobile apps right now, not not desktop computing. And to your point about uh, kind of moving your personal finances to a mobile phone, I mean, you and your wife are going to be entering in early retirement soon, and being on the go and busy. I mean, and not being tied down to an actual desktop computer that's that's great. Yeah, you, you it gives you a lot more flexibility to you know look at your finances update your finances so it, and so with with everything with a mobile mobile phone and you know what's going to happen is the it's that's going to be the expectation you know it, it's not going to be a thing you sit down and do once a month so society whatever it is will will expect you to, to sort of be doing things on a more frequent basis because you're using technologies that with that's with you all the time I use the word expect it or expects and I I want to I want to talk about that because there is this certain, I mean, we've talked about this expectation and we've said it a multiple times during this episode, but it, it, I feel like as a, as a mobile phone user, there is a lot of expectation placed on your shoulder, whether, whether you want to accept it or not. And I mean, and, and sometimes you don't want those expectations placed on your shoulders. Well, you, you it's, it, there's two sides to it, right? So if you're, if you're waiting for somebody to pick you up and you know, they're late you know, you would expect a text message or something to say, you know, I'm on my way. You know, the, if someone just shows up late, you are, are offended or annoyed. So, yeah, I think that's just, you know, that's something technology has, has brought into our society and, and, and raised the expectation. You know, there used to be a time where you could be late paying a bill because you had to physically put it in the mail. And there was some tolerance for, you know, the mail system, right? It might, it, it might get there today. It might get there tomorrow. You know, I, I mailed it. I put a stamp on it, put it in the mailbox. You know, they, there's the old thing, the checks in the mail, right? And people would accept that, that, that the payment's on its way. Well, now, if you're late on a payment, I mean, you know, you're hard-pressed to explain why. You know, you got your phone with you. I mean, it, it, how could you possibly be late? You know, it's, it's, that, it's raised the, the expectation and the efficiency at which you should be able to operate, Oh, for sure. And even I'm just when you were saying that, I just it made me think of that. I mean, we have you were just starting to use a phone in your adult life. But I mean, we have older generations who who might even listen to this today who maybe just started using a cell phone. And then we have maybe people my age who have grown up with it. So it's kind of it's it's such an and, and, and again, we're all expected the same to use it utilize a cell phone because those expectations kind of are placed on us on the whole society as a whole you know if i go back you know before cell phones the people start i remember when i got my first answering machine so that's something you connect to your cell your your telephone phone and if you know the phone rings if you're not there the answer machine clicks in and it records a message and i remember when they first come out people would just hang up right and you know, they wouldn't know what to do or what to say. And it took a long time for that to catch on and people to say, to leave a message. And then it got to the point where, you know, the onus is on you to leave a message. You know, I, cu- I couldn't get hold of them, but I left a message. You know, I'm covered. I left a message. And, and so, but that onus is now switched, you know, that, that leaving a message isn't enough, right? You actually have to get hold of the person. So it, that, that's sort of an evolution in terms of responsibility of communication. Before we get too far off track, I did the last functionality of a phone is really it's multi-purpose function. So multi-purpose in the fact that it's kind of replacing the need for for a landline. Yeah, I just recently got rid of my landline, and I, I, a lot of it was cost based. So it, it, you know, the the long distance on a cell phone used to you be insanely expensive. I mean, you would never place a long distance call on a phone. Because the 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 time per minute was just outrageous, but it's actually 
it's the same price, at least the, the long distance charge was the same price I'm paying now as it was for my landline. But you know, the problem with the landline is it, it would, if you think about a, a landline, you're saying to everybody, you know, you can call me, you know, after work and only when I'm home, you know, that's when you can reach me. That's a pretty small window of time that, that you're saying people could, could contact you, right? You're, you're, you're pretty inaccessible in today's world. If that's, if that's the window of time you're giving people to contact you, I'm saying, again, society expects you to be a little more accessible than that. So it's, I, I don't see the value in a, in a landline unless you, you're running a business, I guess. I, I, I just can't see why, why you would have one. And if you make a lot of long distance calls, I mean, their cell phone, cell phone plans cater to all kinds of, um, you know, calling habits. If it, if it's out of province, in province, out of country. So I, I, I just, I, I've dragged my heels on discontinuing because I thought maybe I'm missing something. But once, once I made the move, I, I've never looked back. And I think there was one point where the calling plans for landlines were probably more economical than maybe putting the equivalent onto your cell phone. So, but uh, you're right; it, it's such a, an evolving market, and and it, they, the prices are very comparable. And and even to your point, they're getting the price for calling your cell phone is is probably even better. So, Trevor, let's move on to actually talking about kind of the process of actually buying your phone. So can you just share with our listeners kind of your philosophy on on the buying process? So I've never uh, bought a phone, a subsidized phone through a phone plan. So I, I have, I'll, I'll start with my first smartphone. So I bought the iPhone 4. I bought it outright. And I remember when I did it, I... I I was hard pressed to find somebody who was willing to sell me this phone outright. You know, so iPhone 4, I don't know how many years ago that was. But nobody was interested. Like, and, and when I said, you know, I just want to buy the phone outright, and they would look at me like I was, you know, from outer space. Said, but you can get it for this incredible deal if you sign up for a three-year plan. And I say, I don't want that. I just want to buy the phone outright and put it on a prepaid plan. And I had to go to quite a few stores before finally somebody would sell me that phone. And I, I, they were questioning whether they were making a mis- they were making a mistake. They knew I was in their eyes. And, and but but my so every phone I've I've bought outright. So that that was my first experience doing that. And now I think it's it's more commonplace. But at the time it was it was like I had two heads. So where did you get the idea initially to to go ahead and do this? Because it sounds like it wasn't something that was obviously very mainstream. Well, as you can imagine, it started with a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that not surprise me? So I just did the math on a spreadsheet. And so I consider myself a fairly uh, mid to low end user of cell phone s- services. And so I looked at, you know, how much I, I was going to have to pay. So if you buy a subsidized phone, you tend to uh, get onto a high-end phone plan in order to get that subsidized phone. And that's great if you use all those features, but I wasn't going to u- utilize all those high, you know, the, 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 cap- the capacity of that plan. So, I mean, I plugged the numbers in my spreadsheet and it just, the math worked out. It's cheaper to buy the phone. So you pay more up front, but you pay less every month. But how did you actually find out that you could just purchase just the phone? Well, once I figured out, so once I figured out, I, I could tell what the phone cost by going to the Apple website. And then I, I looked up a, a low cost cell phone plan. And, and I, I just, I was trying to justify the cost of, of the cell phone plan. You know, I, I was trying to justify paying those prices every month and I couldn't. So I, I, I mean, Everything I do, I go through a justification process. So it's it, it was just like I'm not going to buy something without analyzing it. So it was just part of what I do. Okay, now I'm going to turn into the skeptical listener named Courtney and ask you, but Trevor, if I need a phone right now, and buying a subsidized phone is one that I can actually maybe afford right now, is it should I should I wait? If, and not have a phone in the society where I need a phone and or and wait until I have enough money to buy it outright or buy a subsidized phone, subsidized phone now. So anything that starts with, 
I need it right now, it means you're not making deliberate lifestyle choices and you're not pursuing financial independence. Generally speaking, if that's part of your vocabulary and that's that's your your mentality to approaching your financial life, then then you probably should go ahead and do it because you know you you're probably using that mentality in other aspects of your life as well. And I don't agree with with that approach at all. There's nothing I need financially, you know, right now. Everything should be strategized, you know, scrutinized and and and, and completely vetted before you actually put your money down. So it's if if you need something right now, I would hope it's medical treatment, not a cell phone. So you're saying that if if I knew I would be needing a phone, if my phone was kind of getting a little bit old or that I should have been saving money to be able to buy it outright. I should have been thinking forward, thinking ahead and planning. Yeah, because the subsidized phone, in essence, you're buying it on credit, right? You're, 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 you're making payments on your cell phone. So I, I, I guess if, if, you, if you're comfortable making payments on things, then that's probably going to be just one more payment. So it's, it's not a big deal. But if, if you're not comfortable making payments on things, and I'm not, you know, so yeah, you need to be proactive. Like my phone... Uh, is getting I don't know it's it's probably a year two years away from needing to be replaced I'm already thinking about that now and I love that you brought up the point about how you were essentially putting your phone on credit because any phone store does not advertise their phones like that subsidized phones I mean even I mean the concept before we were making uh when we were planning for the show you said that and I was like it, it caught me by surprise when you said that because you don't think about it that way, but it is the truth. It's just spun in a different way. Yeah, if you do the math on, you know, you get the phone at a subsidized price and then you get locked into a a, a, a cell phone plan for so many years at this at these level of payments, unless you are an extremely high-end user of cell phone services, and, and the average person, the average non-business person really isn't, and... You're 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 paying for services you're not using. In essence, those services are going into uh, funding that phone that the, the the carrier gave you at a reduced price. So he, you're paying for it one way or another. And the idea of being locked into a contract, never a fan of that. Like I don't like to be locked into anything financially. I want to talk. I want to talk a little bit more in depth about your actual phone plan and the kind of what what the process and, and what your the features you get um when you when you pay when you buy the phone outright and kind of the plan that comes along with that so can you can, any maybe just to any of our listeners who aren't aware of that or didn't know that was an option can you talk to that so i'm currently on a, a telus prepaid plan so it's i don't know why they call it prepaid i mean i i have uh 150 talk time minutes local talk time minutes uh, I have unlimited texting, and I think I have uh, 250 megabytes of data, which is kind of low. I, I tend to go through my data before my plan expires. Anyway, that plan costs $37 a month, which that that's pretty reasonable, I think. And I was paying more than that for my home phone, and of course I didn't have messaging and I didn't have data. But I found, I'm going to switch next month. I found a plan. It's through a company called publicmobile.ca. And I can get a plan with uh, province-wide unlimited talk time, unlimited text messaging, and one gig of data for $37. So if you, if you sort of do some searching and some digging, uh, there's – so Public Mobile, that they're affiliated with Telus, I believe, but they're, I call them a discount carrier. So there may be a downside to them, and I haven't switched to them yet. And if any of our listeners have used them, I'd love to know your your experience with them. But I'm going to give that a try. And I think that the point I'm trying to make is a lot of people they they just keep on doing what they're doing because that's what they've been always that that's what they've always done. But I think you always need to be searching for a better, cheaper, more efficient opportunities in all aspects of your life. But we're talking about cell phones today, so with cell phones. I think you just need to keep, you know, you know, have regular intervals where you review what you're paying for and make sure you're still getting value. And it could be on your birthday. It could be, you know, 
New Year's Day, you know, just have these regular intervals where you've, you just, you're going to review your insurance, you're going to review your cell phone, you're going to review your cable TV, your internet. Because if you don't, it just keeps inching up or, or the market gets more and more efficient and you're being left behind. So you just have to, you just can't sit back, sit back and let life happen to you. You have to be proactive. And to your point, because the market is demanding more economic solutions, these carriers are are being created in that they there are maybe discount carriers in that they maybe the the service isn't uh, some I know some care um, like one example Chatter which is available in my area it it would not it would not reach some smaller uh, towns and communities that that don't have large populations in in the right cell towers so that's an example of maybe a downside but I think you're right Trevor there are certain people who who would benefit from again like your example public mobile well and when you find a deal you got to figure out why it's a deal right so I, you, you, if it, if it's a really good price and you can't figure out why you're you're missing something you're, you're it's, it's in the fine print that you're you're not reading so i looked at the i dug into it so public mobile they don't sell phones so they don't have that sort of uh burden of, of selling subsidized phones uh, they don't have a, a phone number you can call, so they don't have a call center. Everything's done through email or instant messaging. Uh, so they're not a, a full-service carrier, and they might not work for a business. Like, you know, that that's either relying on their cell phone to, to make money, but from a personal standpoint, uh, I, I'm going to give it a try because it's an opportunity to, to get more uh, cell phone service for the same money, you know, that, that seems, sounds like a pretty good deal. And if any of our listeners have any, had any success or, or even not success with any, uh, f- particular phone carrier, I'm going to leave a, I'm going to, I'm going to post on Instagram this week, um, when this episode comes out and comment there with, uh, any, with your, with your stories or with your, uh, feedback on any carriers that you've tried and, and any of your favorites and what you're currently using right now that's working. I also want to throw a very heavy disclaimer in here that we are not at all affiliated, sponsored by uh, Public Mobile. This is just uh, something that Trevor has discovered and is very excited about. And obviously, this is a space where we share things that are exciting and resonate with us. So I just I just want to throw that in there. Actually, where I found out about Public Mobile is, if everyone's not familiar, we've mentioned this on the show before, and again, we're not... This isn't supported by this organization, but Reddit. It's a user form on the internet. It's called Reddit, R-E-D-D-I-T. And they have all these individual forms. So there's one called Financial Independence. And I, I'm i a regular visitor of that forum. And uh, I respond to, you know, questions just like everybody else does in there. I mean, I'm, I'm not unique. But I, I really enjoy going through Reddit and there's another one called personal finance Canada. I also read that it's, they're called subreddits. So I also read that subreddit and there's a lot of golden nuggets in there that, and so I found this one, you know, one guy asked a question, I'm tired of paying uh, too much for my cell phone plan. Anybody have any ideas? And I watched about, you know, 20 people chime in with public mobile, public mobile. So I checked it out. So that's, that's how I, that's how I stumbled upon it. So it, they're not a sponsor. We're not affiliated in any way. But and I haven't even used them yet, so I can't even say what what I think of the service. But I, I might share that on Instagram when I when I get up and running with them. Oh yeah, that's uh, that's another thing we want to throw out there. So by the time this episode is released, we will have had our own personal Instagram pages. Um, up and running. So we have our regular Instagram page. It's at Simple Money Solutions, and that's really where we dedicate posting uh, episode updates and 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 things like that, and questions of the week we have up there, and just anything related directly to the podcast. But Trevor and I thought it'd be awesome to really connect with you, our listeners, on that platform by creating two separate Instagram accounts. So one is Trevor underscore Simple Money Solutions. And then mine is Courtney underscore Simple Money Solutions. And head over there where it'll be live again. And we're just going to be posting what we do on a day-to-day life, things that inspire us on a daily basis, and and what we get up to when we're not uh, sitting here recording. So Trevor, before we leave this section, I I do want to talk about 
you brought it up earlier how you're not you don't get tied in and I think that is one maybe one of the best parts of of not being a contract is that you are so you're flexible and you're and you're mobile and you can change and adapt to what what meets your needs and I, I think that's is sometimes where personal finance can go wrong is because you get trapped into something and tied down and, and it, in reality personal finance is so fluid well another thing is I hear people say this all the time is they're in these contracts and they want to get the you know the latest phone but they can't because they're in this contract you know they, 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 they won't get a new phone until their contract expires and so they're being artificially held down by in their mind by somebody else somebody else is constraining their ability to get a new phone because they're still under contract and then when the contract is 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 over they rush out and get the the, the next phone and and i think if you if you were constraining yourself meaning you had self restraint so you, you weren't buying a new phone because you you hadn't saved up the money yet or you couldn't really justify having the latest phone for whatever reason then you'd be making a conscious decision to to buy a new one or not buy a new one. But when you're being when you feel you're being held down by somebody else, when you're finally freed, you'll lose all reasoning ability and you'll just go out and buy the latest phone uh, again, probably through a contract, unfortunately. And, and you're you're constrained again. So that that external constraint alters your thinking and your reasoning ability. That that maybe. It wouldn't if you weren't, uh, you know, tied to a contract and being, you know, your decision was made a long time ago to not get a new phone until whatever date in the future. No, that's an incredible point. It it goes along the lines of you want what you can't have, and when someone says you can't have it, you want it. That's that's actually the I, that explains it better than I did. I think the last real thing I want to talk about is. Your buying philosophy. So, what is the thought process when you when you go get a new phone? I mean, you've got you you have an iPhone six now. So, what was your thought process when you go purchase that phone? What what do you keep in mind to make sure that you uh, don't get too out of control when you're shopping? So, like I said earlier, to be, to be an early adopter of technology is outrageously expensive. So, to buy the latest iPhone, you're paying a huge premium. So, I I, I break technology uh, adopters into three sort of categories. There's the early adopter, there's the the mainstream adopter, and then there's the late adopter. So the if you think of the the early adopters buying the iPhone 10, which is out now, the mainstream they're probably buying iPhone 7, iPhone 8, you know, in that sort of range. And the late adopter is buying the iPhone 6S. That's out right now. So those are all the phones you can buy. Well if you look at the, the how the price drops off it drops off a, a lot, but from iPhone 10 to iPhone 6S, it is, I mean, I think it's a $500 difference in price. You know, it, again, with the most expensive version of each one, it, maybe it's more like $300, but $300 is significant savings. And that the problem with the, you know, so I'll say the iPhone 10 has this facial recognition. So that's a great feature and it, it's, it, it's probably not fully utilized yet. So there's apps yet to be developed that are going to utilize facial recognition. But if you waited and bought that in sort of the mainstream adopters or the late adopters, that that technology would have been integrated into all, all sorts of third-party apps that would have utilized that feature. So by the time you get it, it all the bugs have been worked out. Uh, it, it Its usefulness or purpose has been redefined or... or or elevated to, to even be more useful. So by waiting and being a late or mid adopter, you, you tend to get, I, I think, more more value out of the product. I'd have to completely agree with that. And is that always the mentality? We, we know, again, you're an iPhone junkie. Is that always mentality you've taken? Or have you ever bought the latest and then came to this realization? So the iPhone 4 I bought, it was the latest. And I mean, the, there was only one iPhone before that, I, th- I think, that that was available in Canada anyway. Wait, wait, you, th- you think? Well, we're <laughs> going back 10 years. <laughs> you got to cut me some slack here. But I think there was only one iPhone before that. So I, I bought the latest iPhone at the time, and I, I probably paid a premium at the time, but I don't think I had many options. But the iPhone 6, I was I was a late adopter. You know, I, I, I actually, I think it was in the mid, right? So I think the iPhone 
7 was out when I bought. No, the iPhone 6S was out when I bought the iPhone 6. So I was, again, not cutting edge. So I I think I, I'm not a high, I don't utilize a lot of those features. I, I'm not a high, high-end high cell phone user. So again, most people in their 50s aren't. <laughs> so I, I'm not going to be a, I wouldn't get a lot of utilization out of all that technology anyway. I I want to do, I mean, we're essentially at the end of our episode, but I do want to do a little bit of a recap going back to the subsidized phone versus buying it outright and kind of that plan and just throwing a little, a, a few more scenarios. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like a skeptical listener right now because I do have, I do have a few more questions about how the kind of the realisticness of of adopting kind of buying it outright because what i'm what what i'm hearing from you at least i mean the new public mobile plan sounds a lot better because you get a gig of data but i mean for any kind of more high-end user that i think you said 250 megabytes i mean that's not a lot so for any like anyone that uses maybe a bit more data is it is 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 the plan you're on or is that realistic or is there a better maybe option with more data when you uh, do prepaid? Well, like I mentioned with the public mobile, you can get one gig of data, which is a lot, but you know, maybe I need to revisit this because it's been a while since I've done my analysis. Maybe, maybe the subsidized phone, it's not as bad a deal as it used to be. But again, if you are a high end user of cell phone services, the subsidized phone might make sense. But make sure you're doing it because you're going to use all those services, not because you can't afford to buy the phone. So if because at the end of the day, it's you're still paying. It's you're putting you're paying it with credit essentially. Yeah. So if you're going to use all those services, and you know you're a high end user with a reason. I mean, you're not just high as a user because you like to watch YouTube videos over cellular data, which is is crazy. But you're you're using it maybe as a as a side hustle. You know, you need. Uh, a lot of high-end cell phone features, or, or maybe you have, a, you know, you're your own business, you're an entrepreneur, and you need it. But so long you ha- you're using the services, the subsidized phone might make sense. But if you're doing it because you can't afford to buy the phone, that's the wrong reason to do it. And I do want to throw in there that we just like we always. I think we've thrown on this analogy before, but if if you have X amount of hours to do something, you will take X amount of hours to complete it. And I think the same applies for um, the minutes, like the the phone minutes on your phone and, and the data too. I know when uh, some months if I add extra data to, to my phone, because I am on a uh, prepaid plan as well. So I'll, maybe I'll get a bigger plan that month. And I will use all my data. I mean, I'll, I'll be sitting there aimlessly out and about on Instagram or, or Snapchat and, and I'll be using, sucking away my data and just because it's there and just because I can. So I think just like we always say here in the podcast, it's important again. And like you said earlier on this episode, it's really important to assess how you're actually using what you have and if you can be more efficient and effective with uh, with your time and with your money. Well, you know, your point with data, when, when you run out of data, you you know, the, the amount of the free Wi-Fi you can find is, is in, you know, I can't believe in a city how much free Wi-Fi there is. You go into a mall, it's it's pretty rare that, that there isn't free Wi-Fi somewhere in there. And I'm not saying, like, and you go to a library, you get free Wi-Fi. A lot of uh, coffee shops, it's free Wi-Fi. I'm not saying you should spend your day searching for free Wi-Fi, but if you have a small data package with your plan, you become resourceful. And, and if you're pursuing financial independence, you know, resourcefulness is a requirement. And I, I completely agree with that. And I just... I think my point for that was if you if you don't feel like you maybe if your plan feels too small pretend 250 megabytes is not enough make it work and I'm not saying make that 250 work but so I guess what I'm trying to say is that you shouldn't maybe you shouldn't be adopting your phone plan and 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 spending more maybe to meet your needs you should be changing how you use your phone to to meet that the cost of the phone plan that you want to be paying for. So Trevor, I'm glad we did that little bit of a recap because I I think the biggest chunk of this episode and and the thing that I think can make the di- biggest difference in the in spending less on your phone is essentially the the monthly cost of it. I mean, yeah, you can you can make a smart decision by maybe 
buying a uh, like a lower end, not a lower end phone, but a phone that was maybe released a while ago. So it's going to be cheaper, but that's a one-time cost. I think it's a reoccurring monthly cost that you really have to watch because it adds up and it it can become again, like you said, habit. So I think this, that's, I think if there's anything our listeners really pulled away from this episode, I think that is the main piece to just go in and reassess uh, what you're doing every month. So that brings us to the very end of this episode. And we really hope you head over to Instagram to follow Trevor and I on Instagram for our personal accounts. Again, it's Courtney underscore Simple Money Solutions and Trevor underscore Simple Money Solutions. And of course, we have our podcast one there too, at Simple Money Solutions. So uh, that would be in the show links too. And uh, again, we just want to re- say again that this episode is not sponsored by any of the organizations that we mentioned. We're just really passionate about uh, the value that they're adding to our lives. So thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate having you around and we can't wait to have you back with us next week. Until then, keep it simple.